Hello, and welcome to the third episode of Pain TV. My name is Perry Fine, Professor of Anesthesiology and Attending Physician at the Pain Management Center at the University of Utah in Salt Lake City, and your host to this series of programs on managing chronic pain in primary care. In this episode, my colleague Michael Clark, Director of the Pain Treatment Program at the Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland, will present two case histories illustrating the type of chronic pain syndromes that you can expect to encounter. As clinicians, how can you meet the challenge of managing different types of chronic pain, particularly since pain runs rampant across different disease states and most people with chronic pain have multiple sites of pain? Let's take a look at our first case scenario. Jennifer is a 54-year-old woman with a 10-year history of diabetes associated with obesity and complicated by hypertension and coronary artery disease. She had emergency stent placement four years ago. She takes medications for all of the above, plus hyperlipidemia. She is non-compliant with her diet. She was initially treated with oral hypoglycemic medications, but was changed to insulin three years ago because of persistent hyperglycemia and elevated hemoglobin A1C levels. She has had her physician throughout the course of her 10-year medical history. This patient is scheduled for routine visits every three to six months, but often misses appointments. She was last seen approximately one year ago. In today's visit, she complains of pain from multiple sites. Hey. Good morning, Hi. Jennifer. Okay. Tell me, what seems to be the problem today? Oh, doctor, I don't know. I just feel awful. You don't look like your usual self. What's awful mean right now? Uh, it seems like I hurt everywhere. I'm tired, I don't have any energy, and virtually everything is an effort. Okay, let's go back to the beginning. When did this all begin? Did something happen, or did it just come out of the blue? I'm not really sure. Um, I've, I've had pain in my feet for quite a while now. I can't even exercise anymore because the pain is moving up my legs. Mm. Um, I, I, I really noticed having trouble about um, four months ago, <laughs> and now my hands, they just seem to ache all the time, particularly at night. But nothing in particular seems to have occurred to set this off. I, I just want to make sure I understand that the pain didn't start suddenly, but right. came on gradually. Mm -hmm. Also, can you describe the quality of the pain? Sharp, dull, burning, electrical, throbbing? Well, that, 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 that's right, and, and the pain really just got worse and worse. It's, it wasn't like one day I woke up hurting. <laughs> I, I noticed some tightness in my legs, but just assumed it was tension or walking too much. Uh, the, the pain, oh, it's hard to describe, but um, I guess burning? Burning is the best word? Okay. I ache. I hurt when I'm active, and, and I never really seem to be pain-free. In fact, at night, I can barely get to sleep. And is the pain limited to your legs and hands? Does any other part of your body hurt? Um, at, at first, I thought the pain was in certain muscles or joints, but now it seems everywhere in the legs below my knees, like, like, like I'm encased in pain. Okay. Let's take a look. In this scenario, the patient has pain in her feet and legs below the knees. She also has pain in her hands that does not radiate beyond the wrists. While she feels achy, weak, and stiff at times elsewhere in her body, she does not have other sites of pain. Jennifer, it sounds like this is really interfering with your life and yeah. your ability to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Is there anything that makes the pain better or worse? 
What's your daily routine at this point? <sighs> I can't work like I used to, and I've had to spend a lot of time working from home. My boss is frustrated, but you know, I'm doing the best I can just to keep the wheels from falling off the car completely. I don't do anything else but try to recover from the work I am able to do. I, I've stopped exercising completely because <laughs> I feel so bad the next day. My friends are worried about me and my husband. Well, I think he's pretty upset with me. <laughs> he loves to be active and go out and I just can't keep up anymore. Um, sorry, but, uh, what else did you ask? It's okay. I was wondering if anything made the pain better. I think I know that almost any activity makes it worse. That's right. Um, Sometimes I feel better when I soak in my jacuzzi or elevate my feet, but the relief doesn't really last. Occasionally I can distract myself if I, you know, get into a book or a project at work, but I usually can't sustain the effort. I'm just so tired all the time. I wanted to ask you about any other symptoms you might be having. Okay. You've mentioned the tiredness. Yeah. Do you mean fatigue, weakness, or is it really just the pain interfering? Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not tired. And, and it's more than the pain itself. My, my legs feel weak. That, okay. that, that's the best word, I guess. Sure. I'm pretty discouraged. What do you mean? Well, my mood is terrible. I go to sleep hoping I'll wake up without pain, but I don't. Some days I feel worse in the morning. The day just seems overwhelming to me. I'm sorry you feel so badly and that you're going through this. I imagine it's pretty awful. Yeah. Or even depressing. Is that an appropriate word? Yes. Yeah, I guess I'm depressed. I've, okay. I've always been able to you know, push through, overcome, tough it out. My husband used to say that was one of the things he liked about me. <laughs> I wasn't fragile or overly sensitive. Now I just find myself thinking, how can I do that? Or what's going to become of me? I used to be so confident. This has really knocked me off my feet. Doctor, what's wrong with me? Am I just depressed? Or is this what it's like to have diabetes for so long? You have to help me. I will help you. We'll figure this out. In fact, I'm pretty sure I know what's wrong. The group of symptoms that you're describing mm -hmm. sounds like painful peripheral neuropathy. That's what people with diabetes develop. Peripheral neuropathy? Mm -hmm. I think I've heard of that. But am I going to feel like this for the rest of my life? I mean, this is a nightmare. I can't keep going on like this. Is, uh, is there a test for peripheral neuropathy? I mean, maybe it's something else? Jennifer, Jennifer, slow down. I know it seems overwhelming and scary, but let's back up. We'll do a complete workup, okay? okay? There are other medical conditions that I want to look for because the treatments are very, very different. Okay. We'll keep an open mind as we go along, okay. okay? Okay. Jennifer's symptoms may not all be due to major depression, although pain from peripheral neuropathy has several of the same symptoms. Each diagnosis has certain key features that tend to run together, and neither is a diagnosis of exclusion. The burning pain accompanied by weakness, particularly in patients with long-standing diabetes, is a classic symptom of painful diabetic peripheral neuropathy. Patients with major depressive disorder present with a number of sustained mood changes with no apparent connection to life events. A diminished sense of self-confidence and optimism about the future, 
and an impaired vital sense with somatic symptoms, low energy and motivation, and impaired bodily rhythms like sleeping and eating. So what questions do you have at this point? <sighs> what causes peripheral neuropathy or this you know, neuropathic pain? What can you do about it? Will I really get better? You know, we have some ideas about what causes the pain. We think this is a dysfunction of the nervous system's processing of pain signals, like an amplifier turned up too high. Everything hurts, hurts more than it should, and almost anything can evoke pain. You probably have had some episodes of more severe pain on top of that burning pain that just won't seem to go away. Yeah. Now, happily, we have medications that can turn down that amplifier and help modulate the nervous system's response. Okay. I know it seems bleak, but I'm optimistic that we can get you better. It will also be important for us to review the status of your diabetes and make sure that we're being as aggressive as possible controlling your blood sugar and managing your diet, weight, and insulin dosing. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. This list includes the clinical features of neuropathic pain. Painful diabetic peripheral neuropathy is the most common neuropathic pain condition likely to be encountered in the primary care setting. The pain is usually burning in quality and begins in the longest peripheral nerves bilaterally, such as the feet, with symptoms advancing back toward the central nervous system. Symptoms in the hands begin approximately when symptoms in the lower limbs have extended up to the knees. While patients are usually tired and demoralized, the diagnosis of major depressive disorder should not be assumed, but diagnosed by specific criteria. Treatment of painful diabetic peripheral neuropathy and major depressive disorder may overlap, but there are distinct differences, and the best outcomes will be achieved if therapies are tailored to the patient's individual conditions. Taking the time to do a multidimensional pain inventory might prove useful in ruling out depression as a potential comorbidity. As listed here, Numerous multidimensional pain scales are available to measure different pain domains, sensory, affective, and functional. The brief pain inventory, for example, asks patients about the intensity of their pain and the degree to which pain interferes with the following functions, mood, walking and other physical activity, work, social activity, relations with others, and sleep. Now let's move on to the next case history. Hector is a 42-year-old Hispanic immigrant who presents with chronic back pain that began while working at a construction site. He has an eight-year history of hypertension and hypercholesterolemia. He's been smoking a pack of cigarettes per day since he was a teenager, drinks excessive amounts of beer, and has had two DUIs in the past four years. He is overweight and non-compliant with diet, exercise, and smoking cessation. He has always stressed his physical abilities on the job and ignores workplace safety practices insisting that he does not need help. And he has been working longer than these rules that just get in my way. He has frequent on-the-job injuries and comes to doctor's appointments for lacerations, fractures, and muscle strains. Several years ago, he went to the emergency department for extreme back pain as the result of lifting a pipe. During that time, plain x-rays were negative and he had no insurance to cover an MRI of his lumbar spine. He never followed up with physical therapy and intermittently requested analgesics including non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs and opioids. Gradually, he has been working less and less and has become functionally disabled in his daily activities. He was last seen by his physician over one year ago, but has received telephone refills for his medications during exacerbations of his low back pain. 
For patients like Hector, who speak English as a second language, cultural and language barriers make communication difficult, and unidimensional pictorial pain scales may prove useful. Hello, Hector. It's been a while since we've seen each other. Mm, you look like you're still in pain. How's it going? My back is still killing me. What part of your back is hurting now? My whole back. I can't stand it. I can barely walk. Me tienes que dar algo. Give me a shot. Make the pain go away. Don't worry, Hector. Let's review what's happened since I saw you last time, okay? And then we'll figure out a plan for how to make you feel better. Can you point to the area of your back that hurts? You know what, better yet? Let me lightly touch your back, and you can tell me where the pain is located. Ah, yeah, that's the area, Doc. Okay, sorry about that. Now, just to be clear, there's no pain above your waist or belt line, or does the pain go into your legs? I can't walk, no puedo hacer nada. Okay, I understand, but I'm really just asking about where the pain goes. Do you have pain down into either one of your legs, or does it stay in the back? Well, it kind of hurts down the back of my left leg, about the back of my knee. Okay, can you tell me what the pain feels like? It hurts, uh, like fire, pulling and tight. Okay, would you say it's more like a muscle cramp or a burning sensation? Uh, like a cramp, like when you work too much, my whole back feels locked up. Tell me how it's been going over the last few months since this all started. Well, nothing really changed. The pain is horrible. Sometimes I fall on the ground yelling. Can you tell me what you're doing at the time? For example, were you walking, bending, twisting, maybe lifting something? Pues, I'm just walking along or standing there. I suppose maybe I twist my back or move the wrong way and then I just go down in pain. Okay. Does anything make the pain better? I took some painkillers, pero no me ayudan. Well, we'll actually come back to that. I meant, is there a position that helps ease the pain? Only if I lie down and put a pillow under my legs. But as soon as I try to move, the pain is worse again. You have to do something. Maybe I need one of those MRI scans. Maybe there's something really damaged back there. Okay, I want to examine you again, but I'm confident from what you describe that you've developed a pain syndrome due to soft tissues, muscles that are weak and in spasm. Nothing more serious than that. Those scans often can't show something that pinpoints the cause of your pain. They're used to confirm what I find after examining you. Now, I will do something, and I'm sure we can get you feeling better. This is one of the most common problems I see. I'm not worried about anything serious. I do recognize that you're suffering, though, and we need to get you functioning again. Lots of guys at work had surgery on their back. They never come back. No one wants to hire them. They have no money. What am I going to do? We're not talking about surgery. Why don't you get up? Uh. Oh. And turn around. Okay, pardon. Now, we only do surgery. And there's a broken part that needs to be fixed, right? What we're talking about is really straightforward. It will, however, yeah. require your help. What do you mean? I'm no doctor. I know. I know. Go ahead. Sit down. You are a hardworking <clears throat> and determined man, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's think about your strengths and skills. You understand how things work and how to put them together. I need to teach you more about your back and how it works and what it's made of. And then I need to show you how to decrease the spasms, move more effectively, and then most important, make it stronger so you can function better. Now, even though you've worked hard in the past, you know I've been pestering you about getting in better shape since this all started. Yeah, I know, Doc. I have to lose weight, eat right, blah, blah, blah. Well, that little tire is putting a little extra strain on your back. And it's making the muscles of your stomach weak. Let's see. Here we go. 
Look, think about your back as just one part of a pillar or a column. All the parts have to be strong, lined up straight, and moved together so they can support one another, right? In cases like this, it is helpful to review simple stretching exercises and advise the patient to avoid certain actions that might exacerbate the pain. To help muscles relax, skeletal muscle relaxants may be helpful. To decrease neuropathic pain, medications such as anticonvulsants, tricyclic antidepressants, and serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors may be appropriate, depending on the patient's comorbidities, current medications, and other factors. Now, if we do this right, I'm optimistic we can get your back in shape and you can get back to work soon. Eventually, we need to get you back into physical therapy and think about getting you some job training. But I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, okay? Chronic low back pain is the prototypical condition for chronic pain management. A practical approach to assessment is to do a focused history and physical examination to determine the likelihood of specific underlying conditions and measure the presence and level of neurologic involvement. This facilitates classification to one of three categories. Number one, nonspecific low back pain. Number two, back pain potentially associated with radiculopathy or spinal stenosis, suggested by the presence of sciatica or pseudoclaudication. And number three, back pain potentially associated with another specific spinal cause. In Hector's case, when significant and persistent symptoms of low back pain are accompanied with severe levels of disability, a long view should be adopted. The treatment goals shift from cure and comfort to rehabilitation and function. No one modality of treatment should be expected to fix the problem. Instead, a comprehensive and coherent package of care should be designed. The key elements will be judicious use of medications for specific problems like muscle spasm and neuropathic pain and avoiding multiple medication regimens that can precipitate adverse reactions. Active physical therapy with hands-on direction to assist in pacing, gradual change in the avoidance of injury or setbacks. And utilizing education and psychotherapeutic modalities to help the patient take more responsibility for their care through a better understanding of their condition and the development of better problem-solving skills and coping strategies. The best formulation really depends on the best assessment. The most important component of that assessment is the patient's history. It's crucial to have a standard approach that helps you obtain critical information. If you understand your patient's pain experience, you'll be able to design an individualized and effective treatment plan. Pain assessment is critical to optimal pain management interventions. We hope you found this episode informative. In our next episode, a mechanistic approach to treatment will be discussed by Dr. James Rathmel, particularly as it relates to neuropathic pain. To proceed to the online CME test, click on the Earn CME Credit link on this page. Please also take a moment to complete a few post-assessment questions that follow to help us measure the educational impact of this activity. We hope you check back to a few future episodes of Pain TV, and thank you for watching this program.